Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 1460 KXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Iowa Wild move on to the Central Division Finals after a 2-1 road victory over Milwaukee last night. As heard on 1460 KXNO. Seconds left, centering feet. Nobody home. That's it. That's it. That's it. The Iowa Wild are moving on. A date with the Chicago Wolves in the Central Division Finals coming your way. A 2-1 win in Game 5. The call from the voice of the Wild, Joe O'Donnell. Next up are the Chicago Wolves. Game 1, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. in Chicago. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, the St. Louis Blues picked up a 4-3 road victory over Dallas, taking a 2-1 series lead. In baseball last night, the Cardinals a 6-3 win in Washington against the Nationals. A six-run fifth inning for the birdies on the bat. 3-2 pitch. Ozone hits it up the middle. Base hit. One run is in, and here comes another. And the Cardinals go on top. Marcelo Zuna drives in two. As heard on Fox Sports Midwest. St. Louis moves to 18-10 on the air. Game two tonight in Washington. It'll be Adam Wainwright opposite Annabelle Sanchez. In the American League, the Twins welcome in Houston for the first of a four-game series last night. Jake Odorizzi for the Twins outduels Justin Verlander, who made one mistake. Full count. A deep drive down the right field line. It's hit a ton. It's gone. Adrianza with his first home run of the year as the Twins win at 1-0. Game 2 tonight, Garrett Cole against Michael Pineda. The Chicago Cubs will be back on the diamond tonight as they take on Seattle. Late start for this one, 9-10 first pitch. Cole Hamels gets the bump for the Cubs against Felix Hernandez. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Murph and Andy, two fanatics. Put a capper on the local programming coming up at 4 o'clock, and then the morning rush will start it all again on a Wednesday. Coming up, we will hear from Nick Athen, ChiefsBlitz.com on the Kansas City Chiefs, and then our old buddy Jimmy B will join us, and we'll talk some NBA hoops and catch up with Mr. Brinson. A couple of things, Trent, kind of off the beaten path. Uh, ESPN, the magazine, is ceasing publication saw in September. That. Yeah, I saw that in uh, on Twitter here this morning did you ever get it i think i got it once because i signed up for something and it came along with it same type of thing for me i know i had it for a while when i was younger when it first came out what i mean mid 90s Uh, late 90s late 90s okay so yeah maybe late high school something like that and i think it was the same kind of deal god (laughs) (laughs) it's still a long time ago yeah, yeah, it's yeah, true. We're talking 20, over 20 years ago now. It is over 20 years ago We're now. getting back in time. Yeah, enjoyed it. 
But, I mean, I just... I don't I read was, magazines no, at all anymore. When the magazines... I, for me, it was the sporting news was one. Yes. I love the hockey news, too. Um, Never heard of it. No, it was a Canadian publication. Yeah. Bob McKenzie was behind it. Now he's gone on to bigger and his brother, and Doug? No. <laughs> Strange Brew? <laughs> I can't whistle. Take off, eh? Yeah, that, that was pretty good. There was, uh, boy, those guys, yeesh, for a while there, they were on top, were they not? Strange Brew, one of my favorite movies was growing it? up. I'm yeah. not sure I ever saw it. Anyways, um, but ESPN, the magazine, I, I was never into it. They had some good writers. Yeah. I think they got a kid that, uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name. Wayne Dre. Wayne Dre's uh, uh, University of Iowa. Knew Correct. him at Iowa. When Did we, you? Yes. Knew Wayne a little bit. Had him on the radio throughout the mm-hmm. years, yeah, usually talking Cubs. Right, right. He'd have some big feature column that maybe he'd pipe a little interest during the summertime. Wayne, really good guy. Yeah. He also does work for Dacom. He's those long-form things, though. I mean, he right. goes out yes. and he's with people for months on end right. time. So there'll be a home somewhere for him. Hopefully it's still for him within and ESPN, ESPN and yeah. ESPN.com, something like that. But are they a really all, good guy. No, I'm with you. Are they all going away? They, I mean, all. I mean, ES, uh, you can't buy the sporting news anymore. It's all online. Yep. Um, Sports Illustrated still shows up in the mail. Mm-hmm. But, man, oh, man. Not as often anymore, no, though. It's not it's weekly. Not. No, it's not. It's not. Bi-weekly now? Yep. I haven't got Sports Illustrated Nor now by. for seven, eight years, probably. I haven't got it. Rick Riley used to write the back page. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of people don't like him because he's, you know, he's really uh, injects his politics, and that's him. Um, but um, he's a great sports writer. Yes. A great sports writer. And those 600-word columns on the back, that's where I started. I got Sports Illustrated as a youngster. Started back with him. That's where I didn't flip to the pictures first or whatever. Oh, the I did. Column. For me, it was the pictures on pages two, three, and four. Early in the magazine? Yes. Not the faces in the crowd. That yeah. was pretty good, too. It was. But they always had the most spectacular still photos. Mm-hmm. The first couple of pages of the magazine. I think they probably still do, but it's again, it's been a long time. Right. I don't know if I'm ever going to will ever get a magazine again. I mean, outside of on a flight, looking yeah. for something to flip, or basically a yearbook, you know, a a fantasy football preview, mm-hmm. a, well, we get Phil Steele every year. Mm-hmm. Outside of those, like an actual... You have to have the college football magazines. Yes, but those aside, talking about a, a weekly or even a monthly, I can't see myself ever ordering think... one of those again. Now, all of a sudden, my wife must have used, I must have got something in the mail that said, use your miles, and if you don't want to use them, you can get it. So all of a sudden, all of these magazines started showing up at her house. Who reads them? Does your wife? No, I don't think she does. But they look nice on the coffee table. For about a week, and then they're in the recycle bin, or the neighbor gets yes, them. Yes. I, I don't get it. Anyways, I do want to bring this up, Trent, because this is a remarkable story. And it's um, it's just something that I don't know if I've ever seen it before. And what I'm talking about is this woman, Susie Glazer Burt, who gifted the Drake women's basketball program. She didn't gift the university as a whole. Mm-hmm. She earmarked that money to go to the women's basketball program. Now, Jenny Baranzik is has done a phenomenal job with yes. that program, and they were going to lose her at some point. I mean, and sooner, they still might. They still might. True, but this makes it a little bit more difficult. I saw Brian Harden was quoted in maybe it was uh, Surrency from WH. Somebody, somebody's piece that I wrote yesterday, read yesterday. I wish I could remember who it was so I could credit them. 
but mentioned uh, maybe it was Randy Peterson actually. Apparently, her salary is $180,000 now because they don't have to go public, but Petey got that somehow and, and made that part of his story or part of uh, one of his tweets. And asked Brian Harden, does this mean she'll go up to 300000 which I don't know if that's the going rate in the Valley or where that would uh, put her in the pantheon of, um, of women's basketball coaches' salaries. But Brian Harden said no, north, north of that. She is... They're going to use that money as she sees fit to pay her assistance, to help out with travel. These bus rides are a thing of the past now. I mean, Trent, this is this is unheard of. I mean, good for this woman who I know nothing about. I had never heard of Susie Glazer Burt until yesterday. Don't know where she came into the money. Um, I don't, and really, I mean, that's here nor there to the story. But yeah. but good for her from doing that, right? Yeah, and it, it's. I mean, when I first read this story yesterday, I. And to take a step back, what five million dollars to Drake women's basketball? At first, says well, maybe there's something earmarked for the women's program, but this has got to be to the general front of the athletics. You read through the story, Mm -mm. oh, it it is not that. That's an unbelievably generous gift. And in terms of salary, you mentioned that three hundred thousand. Do you know what Lisa Bluter makes per year? I don't. Take you take a wild guess. Uh, I I don't want to embarrass myself. Uh, seven, seven fifty, seven fifty. Yes. Okay, Bill Fennelly. I think he's probably he's been there a long time, man. He's, I mean, he put Iowa State women's basketball back on um, eight. Looking right now, I just clicked on it. It was a little bit lower from the first uh, part of the database that I saw, but this one was a couple of years back. But he was at four hundred and fifty thousand at that time. But that I don't sounds know. Sounds like a bargain, what, what, right? I mean, if seven fifty for Bluter, you think they they're right in the same range, right? Uh-huh. I mean, two. I would think really good. That aside, though, if it is north of three hundred, four hundred, still short of seven fifty. Yeah, but she's from here. She went to Dowling. She played at the University of Iowa. Well, that's where I'm leaning to. Lisa Bluter. It's oh, coming yeah. to the end. Mm-hmm. And the alma mater calls. Mm-hmm. Is there any amount of money that keeps her at Drake? Mm. Well, I think yesterday helped make that decision more yes. difficult yes. if indeed that decision comes up at some point. But look at just a, a remarkable, remarkable um, yes. gift that uh, uh, Susie Glazer Burt uh, was able to um, had it within her wherewithal to write that check and did so. so facilities also a part of it. The facilities, travel, coaches, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So. Look, they've done very well since she's taken over that program. They're on yeah. top year after year. Drake women's basketball, who knows where it's going to get, right, or can get. You know, I've always wondered this as it pertains to women's basketball. A program like Drake at a good university, a place like Northwestern. We've seen Stanford be very good, but UConn, Tennessee, not exactly bastions of higher learning. <laughs> They're state universities. Right. But at a place like Northwestern. You go to these elite level players and say, yeah, you can go on and play in the WNBA, but you're making $70,000 a year. For a couple of years. You come and you get a degree from mm-hmm. our university. Mm-hmm. And even Ivy Leaguers. You know, something like the difference. Why aren't there. they better? That's what you're saying? Right. Why? I would think if, if I if Ella becomes a elite level, yeah, she's got the old man's genes, probably not going to happen, but an elite level basketball, I'm saying Connecticut. I mean, yeah, you're going, you're going to be really good, but take a look at, certainly Stanford, take a look at Ivy League schools because that's what you're going to be doing the 30 years after your basketball playing days are over. I don't know, just something, and not just women's basketball, but 
non-revenue sports as a whole. Something that's always, I don't know, just in the back of my mind. Go for the name on the diploma is what right. you're saying. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, we are going to talk to Nick Athen. He is next. We'll talk some Chiefs again. Wanted to uh, talk about Susie Glazerbert, a remarkable gift and uh, terrific. Oh. Right now, we're going to try and help you with a gift. Maybe not to the extent of $5 million, <laughs> But look, 1000 bucks is 1000 bucks, yes. right? It's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword WATER to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's WATER to 200-200. Standard message and data rate supply. Jimmy B in 20. 20 minutes, Nick Athen and 5, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. More details. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Done two of the four locals, Chiefs momentarily, Vikings tomorrow. Look forward to that as well as David Kaplan. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible to talk to Cappy. Let's get Nick Athen in here, shall we? He joins us. Uh, Nick Trent and Ken, good to talk to you. Nick Athen, ChiefSplits.com, Chiefs Insiders, where you can follow him on Twitter. How are you, Nick? I'm doing pretty good, boys. How are you? Doing well. You know the kid that uh, I want to start with you when we take a look at the draft. I can't remember what team, as I was reading a whole bunch of uh, you know, recaps of the draft and um, who did good, who did poorly, what, who missed on what pick, who nailed it. McCole Hardman from Georgia. There was yep. some team that was apoplectic that was taking like the next pick after the Chiefs or right after that wanted <laughs> yeah. him in the worst way. He runs a four three three. We know why he took the why they took him or maybe why he moved up as high as he did on their board. And that's obviously the uh, turmoil surrounding Tyree Kill. But is Hardman? I don't want to say a poor man's hill uh, at four three three, but uh, they they would identify him maybe as his replacement. Yeah, I mean, I think if you compare them coming out of college, I think, um, you know, I, I think Hardman has a little bit better route running skills. I mean, I mean, Hill in college, you know, did some stuff in the passing game in the wide receiver, but not a whole lot. It really wasn't until Andy Reid got a hold of him and, you know, kind of kind of put him out there and they did some things differently and they, they allowed him the time to kind of mature and grow into his role. But to me, Hardman is basically the same player. The only difference is, you know, Hill is a little bit more stocky, even though they're similar size and speed. Um, but, again, that's all something that, you know, if Hardman adds five pounds or eight pounds of muscle, six pounds of muscle between now and the start of the season, you know, you're locked, You're talking about the exact same player. And the best part about this pick is now the Chiefs don't have to alter their game plan, their playbook, other than the normal adjustments they make from year to year. They can plug Hardman in there into Hill's role, put him in the backfield, put him in the slot, put him outside, do reverses. He can do kick returns, punt returns. I mean, they basically just got their next Tyree kill, and that's how quickly you fall out of favor. That's how quickly the NFL changes and moves ahead. Late in the draft, they picked up a running back. I saw Spencer Ware, I think today, signed with the Colts. He did, yep. Right. He's uh, moving on. We, of course, know Kareem Hunt now in Cleveland. <clears throat> Who leads the team? I'm, bring out your crystal ball. Who leads the Chiefs <laughs> next season? in carries after we finish up 16 weeks? Oh, wow. That's that's a tough question. I mean, uh, you know, I love Darwin Thompson. I, I think he's he's probably the best-built running back, power, speed. Now, he doesn't have, uh, you know, a hunt speed. You know, Damian Williams played well last year. He did. Year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd have to say Williams at this point, but, 
you know, I, I think if you look at Thompson, he's an absolute physical specimen. Um, and I, I think, listen, he has all the attributes that you want. Uh, I know they had him rate him a, they had him rated a lot higher. Um, I, I thought they, they, you know, they were considering if they had a fifth round pick to take him. And the way the chips fell, <clears throat> they were really lucky. They spent a lot of time scouting him. And uh, so I, I think it's between those two, uh, to be honest with you. But, you know, uh, there's going to be running back by committee. You can't have enough and, and until they have that, until they find basically the next Kareem Hunt. I don't think Williams is that guy. Um, but uh, now they have somebody who can go between the tackles, especially when you're losing Spencer Ware um, to the Colts. So I, I think this was a terrific pickup. And I, I, I read a lot of things about him, and he seems to be consensus, probably one of the best picks of the third day. Uh, of any draft pick, so I think the Chiefs got themselves a good one. Hmm. The Saunders was a name that I saw, and a bunch of bunch of drafts listed him as a sleeper. So your thought on the defensive tackle, and you know, other than at the top of the draft, and I'm with you. I mean, Hardman would probably be your answer. Who did you right. love that they took? <clears throat> well, I mean, Thornhill to me is the guy that safety. Yeah, now they have that. They have that free safety. You know, they they didn't have. They basically found Eric Berry's replacement. Um, you know, they've got, uh, they've got Honey Badger who can kind of roam around. The thing I love about Thornhill is, you know, he faces, you know, you look at him and he knows where the ball is. You know, he turns his hips. He runs his, with his butt to the, to the sidelines. You know, if he's on the outside and the inside, he closes the gap. He can play safety. He can play uh, corner inside or out. He can cover tight ends. He's physical. He's very fast. Um, you know, now they don't have to. Now, now Lucas can be the backup, and they have a couple of guys back there with, you know, <clears throat> with similar speed. And uh, that's a pretty good team, that I think, for Kansas City to have at the free safety. And this allows Honey Badger to kind of free roam, um, you know, all over the field and kind of kind of take what the deep, what the offense suggests and, and, and take the best options for him. So, uh, to me, he was probably there, you know, outside of Harbin, the most important pick. But, you know, Caitlin Saunders, anybody that's 335 pounds and can do backflips, I want him on my football <laughs> team. I thought, I thought that video of him was absolutely crazy. It was even one of him catching a touchdown pass. So, um, he's going to be terrific in the middle. Um, he was a high second round, uh, high second round guy. I, I'm, I'm shocked he slid that far. He had a great combine. He had a great interview with a lot of NFL teams. He was one of those guys to watch. So, I mean, I think overall for the Chiefs, you know, they, they, they just kind of they took care of business. They did what they had to do to improve the roster. They found themselves at least three starters. Um, you know, they may have found a starting center in the seventh round. So I think for what they had to deal with at the beginning of the week, with all the news about Tyreek Hill and how it all ended up as far as what they had to do during the draft, I, I don't see too many people upset with what the Chiefs did uh, Thursday, uh, you know, with the trade and then Friday and Saturday. We know, obviously, Andy Reid has his fingers very much on the offense, but you're number two now, full-time starter for Pat Mahomes. You're number two for Enemy running the offense. What more? It's going to look different without Tyreek Hill there, but what more What more wrinkles do you expect to see put in here throughout OTAs and leading into the season? Well, it's going to depend on who else emerges. I think at the, at the, tight, the backup tight end, you know, Demetrius Saros went to the Browns. So they really don't have a proven, you know, backup tight end right now, uh, and and they, I still think they need another veteran wide receiver. I mean, they're they're coming to camp with 13 wide receivers or 12 wide receivers. So, you know, you've got some Brian Pringle from last year, you know, really really shined in the preseason. Um, you know, they've got a couple other guys. You know, Robinson has to step up and be a 
a better route runner this year. I mean, even though Patrick Mahomes loves to ad lib, you know, Robinson needs to be more disciplined on his routes, uh, you know, for them to, to, to take the next level. So I think there's going to be some wrinkles to this offense. Again, I, I think Hardman can do, you know, at least take the similar plays to Hill, may not have the same success, but, you know, I'm not too concerned about that. But I still hope that this team has, um, you know, two positions, a veteran wide receiver and a veteran cornerback. Um, I think they're going to need that to compete in the AFC West because I think right now the Chargers, because of some of the turmoil, even though the Chiefs have new coaches, even though they have a lot of new players, even though they've completely overhauled that defense in one solid offseason, that, that, that tells me that you know there, there's, there's some room there for some error in regards to taking the time it's going to take to adjust you know, to make that defense a cohesive unit. So um, I think a lot of people are already picking the Chargers to win the West this year. And I can't say I'm too upset about that at the moment. Hmm. Nick Athen, uh, Chiefs Blitz is where you can read him, Chiefs Insider on Twitter. So do you think that they, are they aggressively trying to fill that need now via trade or will they, will they scour waiver wires to maybe pick up that veteran cornerback or secondary help? Well, I, I know that they're, you know, they love to have Pastor Peterson. I mean, I think that's number one. Xavier Rhodes from Minnesota. You can ask your, your Vikings guy tomorrow. Uh, they've got a couple of corners that are in the fifth year of their deals, and, and they could stop one of those. I mean, if they want to part with Randolph, I mean, I'd certainly take him in Kansas City in a heartbeat. But um, I, I think they are. I mean, the difference between this year and last year is they just don't have the cap hell. You know, they still have – I mean, you know, Frank is uh, – Clark is only a $5.5 million hit this year. Now, granted, it's $23 million and $24 million the following two years, but, you know, that still gives them about $18 million $19 million in cap space plus. They're going to get another $7.9 um, to sign their draft pick in uh, post-June 1 uh, with the Air Ferry um, officially off the books. Daniel Sorensen can be another $5.5 million savings. So they're in a position now where if they want to bring on a contract, you know, let's say they bring on Peterson and it's $12, $13, $14 million cap hit, you know, they can do that. If they want a premier player, wide receiver, cornerback, whatever it might be, they have the flexibility this year to do it. And they're going to create some more cap space. There's some contracts that are probably going to be restructured. So the good news, for if you're a Chiefs fan and you are finally free of John Dorsey and his poor cap management, the Chiefs, the way Brett Beach runs the numbers, he's never going to put this team in any harm. And most of these deals, if you look at them, they're either one-year or three-year deals to where the Chiefs can get out of them. They pay the majority of the money up front. So that way, if they've got a bust, free agent they're not stuck with him for five years and they're in a cap purgatory i like they were under john dorsey hmm. nick we got uh, 20 seconds left did the chargers broncos or raiders get better this weekend in your opinion i thought i thought everybody in the fc west got better i i think pound for pound draft pick by draft pick if you look at all the other divisions the fc west by far did the best they all got players in needs and i thought what was very fascinating was the broncos the chargers and the raiders all picked players that can defend Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that's to. the way it used to be. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it used to be in the old AFC West. Uh, and I'm glad those days are back. I think all the teams are going to be better. I think the Chargers and the Chiefs will be one or, one, one or two. I think the Broncos and the Raiders are pretty similar right now. I think the Raiders probably still going to be last because it's going to take a lot of time to gel. But but every team got better and every team drafted to knees and they all drafted to stop one another, which uh, I think is going to be very fascinating. You're not going to see a a 5-1 and one or a 6-0 and oh team in AFC West next year is not going to happen. Great stuff, uh, Nick Athey. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thanks, bud.
Bye. Thanks for having me on. Guys. Yeah, good Appreciate to talk it. to you. Chiefsblitz.com is where you can read him. Chiefs Insider is where you can follow him on Twitter. Jimmy B joins the fray next. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Oh. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. I guess that's just smile on my face every time I hear this song, Trent. America's guest. He is. He really and truly is. We both love him. We both miss him. Well... Some days. Some days. Hello, Jimmy B. How are you, old friend? Fellas, it's great to be on the show with you. Thank you so much for the invite. Let's do this, guys. Yeah, we got an awful connection with you. Where are you? Uh, I'm sitting outside. Let me uh, let me hang up, and I'll move to another location. <laughs> oh, you're good there. Yeah, just stay right where you are right now, because you sound perfect right now. Not good. Great, okay. great to catch up with you. Uh, it's NBA playoff season. We know you live for this time of year. You're a huge NBA guy, uh, but we want to do that. We want to talk and catch up with you. So, what have you been doing in your retirement, Jimmy B? Are you have you got a sideline gig? What have you been up to? Come on, man. You should know me better than that. I'm always doing something. Sometimes it's uh, something I can't speak about out here. But, uh, yes, I, uh, I am doing. Uh, I was in Atlanta a few weeks ago doing some shows there. Uh, went to the Big 12 tournament, worked a week there doing some shows there. So from that standpoint, yeah, no, I'm still I'm still traveling, still doing, still doing shows. You know that, guys. Come on. Keep an old man down. Staying busy. That's what Jimmy B does. Well, I'm sure you're getting some golf in too, right? Well, come on. The weather's fantastic. Uh, aside from what you guys are having right now. You still keep an eye on the weather in Iowa, even though you're not here anymore. <laughs> if I didn't do the weather, you wouldn't be happy. Come on, man. That's part of, that's part of my deal here. Hey, at risk of, um, of, um, uh, not uh, disappointing, maybe a few of the local courses. When when you lived here, you played you know three four times a week, seemingly. What were your favorite tracks, Jim? Three or four times. I'll tell you what, and people will go, "Well, you never played here." Well, I played just about all of them. Yeah, I think you did. I did. Um, I really liked DCI, and I'll, and I'll tell you why I liked it so much was because of the terrain. You know, and a lot of courses uh, in the Des Moines area, they've got, you know, the rolling hills, and, and, and you get that as its legacy. But TCI, I felt like when I went to TCI, I wasn't in Iowa. I felt I was, like, uh, on a vacation someplace, just the way the, 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 the way the course was set up. And when you got to 17 and 18, that beautiful shot, uh, with those two holes surrounding the uh, big pond that's there, uh, it is—it's a spectacular course. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat and say, "Well, the others stink." They don't. They, 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 there's some great courses there. I played Beaver Creek a lot. Played Legacy a lot. Played some country clubs that I really like. You know that we used to do the the golf thing at uh, at a couple of different country mm-hmm, clubs. Mm-hmm. And so I would just drop your name, and I'd go play for free. <laughs> yeah. So from that standpoint, uh, I think I hit not all of them, but I hit a lot of them in the uh, in the Des Moines Metro. Absolutely. 
Indeed you did. We're going to call you right back, Jim. We're going to call you right back. We want this connection to be as good as it possibly can. So we will call okay. you back in 20 seconds. You move around, do your thing, and we'll get Jimmy B back on the line, and hopefully this is uh, a little bit better. Look, the, the guy came to work every day, I don't know, noon, 1230. Um, he played golf every morning, so seemingly. Good for him, right? He was. This was the end of the line for Jim. Jim was coming to Des Moines for one last, not paycheck, he, he, that's not how he approached it here. He he genuinely liked it here. Uh, but pretty good resume. And at the end of it, he was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, let me book the show, plan the show, and he'd come in and throw me questions and do his thing the next morning. All right, let's get back to him. All right, better connection, hopefully? Uh, we'll try it. Loud and clear. I moved out of there, so where where I was. So let's try it again. Absolutely. All right. Let's do let's do the NBA, Jim, because it's that time of year that Trent and I get into it. Right. The college sports seasons are are behind us, and we're uh, you know we're killing segments at this point from now until the end of July, as you well know. And the NBA <laughs> is, uh, is 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 one of those topics that comes up at this time. Um, it's Kevin Durant. I mean, we talked about this last couple of days. The way Durant is playing, and we know he's probably going to go elsewhere. Is he the NBA's best player right now? Probably, if you said right now, I would agree with you. The problem is, is that the Los Angeles Lakers did not make the playoffs, so you're not getting your daily, nightly dose of LeBron James. I have a feeling, you used to remind me, both you guys used to remind me of this almost every show. The latest is the greatest, yeah, mm-hmm. okay? I think that's what everybody's caught up on right now, is how well Durant is performing, but you're not seeing LeBron James put up triple doubles. LeBron's a much better rebounder, much better passer, can play defense when he decides in the fourth quarter he's going to lock in. Uh, he doesn't. He, he can score in volume still, not like Durant, who is pretty much unstoppable. He, this is a seven-foot guy that nobody can defend. And from that standpoint, you've got to remember, too, what sort of team he's playing on, where you have four all-stars performing at the same time. That makes your life pretty easy because you can't double-team because either Curry's going to make a shot uh, you, you got you got guys all over the court that are going to make shots for that team. Clay Thompson is, mm-hmm. is can, can catch fire and score thirty five on you in a heartbeat. That's why the dynamic to me is a little different. Jimmy B, you know that I, though I gave you a lot of hard time. We had Jimmy B's crappy NBA minute. <laughs> when it gets playoff time, I, I do enjoy it. But I was so pumped up. Wife, little one, they were having some some lady time. So I had. Afternoon to watch basketball Sunday afternoon. And I'm watching Rockets, and I'm watching the Warriors, and it's a great, compelling game. But I was so bothered by the incessant, just complaining to officials, nonstop. Jimmy B., I know the player empowerment era is upon us, and, and it is LeBron helped usher this in. It feels like, at least to me, that it's gone too far. Do you agree? Um. I think he probably has. I will agree with you on from that uh, aspect on certain points. Fellas, look, the officiating was very shabby in that game. And here's, and here's an interesting point, something that you want to pay attention to tonight. When the Rockets and Golden State play, Scott Foster has been assigned by the NBA to referee that game this evening. Scott Frost, uh, Foster has not refereed a Rockets game since February 
when he fouled out James Harden and they went face-to-face. And so now you're going to have the Houston Rockets, again, at least in their mind, with another compelling element that, oh, they just have the deck against us. Not only do we have to play Golden State, the defending NBA champions, with four all-stars that start, now we got an official that hates our guts and will probably call everything. So there's an interesting sidebar story for this tonight. To get to your point about the, uh, the way the league has sort of transitioned into what you just spoke about, I believe that you're correct with what you said about LeBron James and the way that he has kind of orchestrated things. But you know what? That's what the NBA is made of. It is made of superstar players. You go back to Michael Jordan. Didn't we used to laugh all the time? You had the Jordan rules. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. You'd walk all over the place. Nobody would blow a whistle. <laughs> it was called the Jordan rules. When Larry and Magic, back in the 80s, pretty much saved the NBA and were the catalyst to what it is today, they promoted stars, stars, Stars. It wasn't the Celtics, Lakers, it was Magic and Larry, and then it was Be Like Mike, and now it's LeBron, and it's starting now to turn into Durant and maybe Giannis, and from that aspect, that's the way the NBA currently is constructed, not so much about the teams, about the stars. Hmm. Jimmy B, can the Sixers get out of the East? Can they win the East, Jim? I think they can. I think they're good enough to do it. And to be honest with you, I think it's going to be a hell of a series with Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I know that all of Canada, since their hockey team's all state. Now, why don't already, go down that road? And they're already out of the NHL playoffs. They don't have a, a team from the great white north, even in the second round. You might as well jump on the Weaver North bandwagon and, and get down with the Raptors. Why not? I'm with you, dude. It's yeah, you're right. Another year's come and gone, and another uh, and the Stanley Cup won't go back to where it belongs. One day, what <laughs> one day, Jimmy B? It's coming. It's only been 25 years. Is, is that's all it's been. That's it. That's coming back, Jimmy B. Yes, so you got your golf. You got your NBA. Well, I got to talk about Kyler Murray if you're getting set to go somewhere else oh, because he's yes. in Arizona. Give yes. me what was the consensus, Jim? And I got to be honest with you, the way Rosen handled all of this, and I'm sure you saw it too with the Larry Fitzgerald charity softball game. I thought that he couldn't have handled it any better in a tough circumstance. And just your thoughts on on Kyler Murray, what they did, their willingness to give up the tenth overall for basically. I mean, they, I think they salvaged what a second or a third round pick out of it. But uh, take us back to draft day, one quarterback leaving one coming. Okay, let me start first with Josh Rosen. He had endeared himself, even though the Arizona Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL. He had no blocking at all. The offensive line was absolutely deplorable. And it was awful. But Rosen had endeared himself to the fan base. And you're correct. He shows up at Larry Fitzgerald's charity softball game gets a standing ovation, and then thanks everybody, and then goes out and wins the home run derby contest that they had. Uh, He goes to Miami and says, hey, I'm going to be your guy. And I'll tell you this from being around that, uh, I think he's going to succeed. And the Miami Dolphins have a much better offensive line than Arizona has. So from that aspect, I think Josh,
Josh Rosen has success. Now, let me get to Kyler Murray. As soon as Cliff Kingsbury was hired, guys, it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. They went smokescreen, smokescreen, and more smokescreen, trying not to really tip their hand. And there was no question in my mind. And Trent, look, you and I, and Ken, you guys, we've all covered the Big 12. Mm-hmm. We saw what Baker Mayfield was capable of doing. Then we saw what Kyler Murray was capable of doing. And we know who the coach is out in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury. There was absolutely no question in my mind that he's going to run the air raid offense that he's comfortable with, like he ran at Texas Tech. And Kyler Murray was going to be his trigger man to make that thing work. So I think that what he'll get here in Arizona, he'll get a lot more excitement because the offense from last season was just awful. It had no rhythm, no rhyme, no reason. It was just dreadful. Even when they get beat, they still should be exciting. Because you and I, I mean, all three of us know how exciting Kyler Murray is mm. as a player. And they went out and got some wide receivers, uh, including Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. So they went big with a six-six guy, and then they went for the speedy kid um, out of the Northeast. Who, by the way, I saw some uh, old video of him. He was a track star as well. And just he just runs by people. Uh, he runs like four-three. So um, I'm sure that they are looking to really open the offense up just like they used to do at Texas Tech. Isabella's the kid you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, little slack guy. Yeah. Yes, that's him. Yeah, Jimmy B, last Isabella. thing. Yeah, last thing for you, um, and I want to go back to the NBA, and I know you call games forever in the league, and you know the league well. So here's my question. Are you convinced Zion Williamson is going to be a star in the NBA? I'm not convinced of that yet, and, and here is why. Fellas, what everybody seems to forget is is that he's 6'7". It's not like he's 6'10". It's not like he's a 6'4 guard. He's a tweener. And in the NBA, the way that it has transitioned from being a pounded league in the lane to a more perimeter league and shoot it from behind the arc, I'm pretty sure it's going to take a while for Zion Williamson to make those adjustments. And you got to remember as well, he's going to be playing against real men, guys who are as big and bigger and tougher and stronger than he is. And he's not going to be the overwhelming dominant player, at least right away. Do I think that he has the capabilities to turn into a big-time NBA star? Yes, I do. But I just don't think he's going to go to whichever team gets him. And just all of a sudden, take over games. I, I don't see that happening. Jimmy B, do you still got that same crappy flip flop? I was going to say, after 12 years, Jimmy B, maybe it's time for a new one, right? That flip flop, you've got, you've got a dozen years out of it, Jim. All right. The next time you guys call me, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I promise to upgrade the phone, the phone to a new flip phone. <laughs> a new flip phone. Hey, buddy. We'll talk to you about during the NBA uh, finals, if not before, okay? Great to catch up with you, old friend. And I mean Thank old. Guys. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. Jimmy B. There he goes. America's guest. I don't think he ever played, paid for a round of golf. Oh, there's not a chance. Not a chance. We had to take those payola courses when we were yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Conspicuously absent every time we had the...
<laughs> you know, the mandatory staff meeting. Jimmy B, he's not here. <laughs> didn't make it for that one. Didn't make it for that one. All I right, Trent Condon. Yes, you do. Uh, what have you got? Uh, but listen, uh, I'm on the list of people I've worked with way, way, way above the bottom. Sure. Um, a lot of NBA again tonight for me. Is that what it is for you? I think so. Are you? Well, I'm watching the, um, you got puck? the Columbus Blue Jackets in Boston for sure. Okay. The Avs play late. I don't know if I've watched Bruins... At That's all throughout this series. playoffs. That's a good series. Going back to even the series before it just What time are Bucks Celtics? Six or seven? I think it's seven. It was seven last night. I'm guessing that's the probably where it is. Seven, yep. Seven to nine thirty. And then the Cubbies play late. And we'll have NBA going on late. Really good NBA. Can you stay up past your bedtime tonight? Eleven. Eleven. Mm-hmm. It's playoffs. Eleven. You make it eleven fifteen? No. No, but you got you got that little R button on the D the direct TV. So it Look at the phone first when you get up, or you're Turn waiting. on the TV. Turn, Turn on, on the, the coffee. If I tape something, recorded something, I don't tape anymore. Go right to it? Yes. And fast forward. So you don't know right. what happened. That's the only you're way going to do in. it. That has to be the way to do it. It has yeah. to be. All right. So tomorrow we are going to, well, we were efforting a clones and a Hawks piece, both of those. Um, we're going to do Tim Yotter on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. David Kaplan is going to be here. Zubin Thursday this Zubin week. Zubin Thursday this week. We got him. Remind me to talk about that kid from the White Sox, Lopez. See, he struck out 14 Sunday, I think. We get 14 Ks on Sunday. Starting to come up White Sox. Well, maybe. We'll bring that up. Thank you to all of our guests today. Murph and Andy at two Fanatics at four. Rush will start it all again tomorrow at six on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.